evidence. They are non-human beings. Oh, yeah? Journalist named Jaime Musan. My name is Jaime Mous. So proportion of the body was very similar to ours. It is absolutely authentic hand. Corpses oh. of two alleged extraterrestrials were unveiled for all to see. This will be a four-part series that breaks down what is going on with these Peruvian aliens slash Mexican aliens. What is going on within the first episode, I'm going to give you insight into the culture of tomb raiding, understanding the players, and what is going on with this story. Welcome back to the Master of None. It has been a while, people, but I am back. And I really wanted to preface this podcast with understanding something that's been going on as it relates in the media. If you guys know where I'm going with this, you know what I've talked about in the past. You know that I would not shy away from the current topic of these Peruvian slash Mexican aliens. So let's get into it. So if you're not familiar with this story, it's one that has captivated the media globally for a while. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip with you shortly, but I wanted to first set the precedence of what this is. If you guys have watched any news relatively within the week, you turn it on, and you see these two little extraterrestrial creatures covered in some type of white dust being presented to a Mexican Congress talking about extraterrestrials. The moment a UFO investigator presented two bodies to a Congress that were allegedly non-human. The researchers claimed the corpses supposedly recovered from Cusco in Peru were not part of our terrestrial evolution, with 30% of their genetic composition still unknown. Carbon dating by the National Autonomous University of Mexico found the bodies that had three-fingered hands, no teeth, and stereoscopic vision were more than 1,000 years old. The bizarre presentation has drawn skepticism as it is unusual for fossils that have been subjected to analysis. To be coated in what appeared to be sand so when i heard originally heard or saw this i was really focused on the actual truth of the matter now what's really interesting is this topic was a little bit tricky to find any research on i was looking through articles and a lot of people were looking at the actual um information presented not having first hand account of doing the research and providing information there was a lot of secondary talk about it looking at the cat scans and looking into these aliens so it really motivated me to do a deep dive on what potentially this is and where does the story start and i was totally shocked at where this rabbit hole took me and today i will be giving you an overview of this rabbit hole to provide you with some insight and understanding of how these little um alien creatures from peru were presented to congress within mexico and what is the story so whenever we look at this story, we have to really understand it goes back. If you can imagine, it goes back to 2016. Now, whenever we look at Peru, we really have to have an understanding of the context as it relates to tomb raiders or, or the word used in Peru, haqueros. This is a Quechua word. Quechua is an indigenous culture that remains in South America. And, you know, you, you get words like that. I've experienced it before within Ecuador. But within Peru, what's super interesting is there is an economy built around tomb raiding. Why am I talking about this? It's really important to under this, understand the context of what is currently and what is, has been going on in Peru. So if we can think about it. In the last 20 years, we've seen an uptick as it relates to um, tomb raiding, selling antiquities, um, going into the ground in certain areas 
in, in creating a a black creating a black market of sorts selling these 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 um ancient artifacts from the Peruvian culture and taking place really in the Nazakea Nazca Nazaca Nazaca line area I cannot my pronunciations are off today now whenever we think about um tomb raiders as a whole what we have to understand is in Peru if we use a timeline so the timeline that I was doing some research indicated that in the last 20 years more things have been sold off than in the last 400 so it's really been a booming economy and it's set up with tomb raiders people who do it part-time do it full-time they go out and they dig through different burial sites and find bodies find um you know pottery find anything they can sell and they move it up the line of brokers now these brokers usually dictate the price so they're buying low in terms of the antiquities and selling high and the majority of the consumers of this is united states germany france countries like this so whenever we look at this story we really have to fundamentally understand that tomb raiding is a really big part of peruvian culture and that's really the context i wanted to set forth whenever we look at this story because to me whenever i did the research i was really stunned by that you know and that really gives insight and what we have to understand is the peruvian government only invest about one percent of their full gdp economy to save or potentially keep these artifacts so it's wide open and this is really where this story gets interesting so that's one aspect of this story now the reason why these tomb raiders or hackeros go into these certain areas is the location and that's the nazca lines which is probably one of the most interesting and peculiar places we have within South America and potentially in the, the world. The Nazca Lines. They lie neglected for more than a thousand years and aren't rediscovered until the era of the airplane. They look like giant artworks. But are they? Why do the Nazca construct 300-foot-wide images and mile-long lines that they have no way of viewing? So when we think about the Nazcan lines, they've been there for a thousand years. And the question is, how did they last so long? And a lot of it has to do with the actual environment. We can think that it doesn't get a lot of land. It's dry and dusty. So things stay there for long periods of time, thousands of years. You know, a lot of these Tomb Raiders will dig up graves, find things like babies or people, and they still have hair intact because the conditions preserve for so long. So within this area is where the majority of these alien bodies were found. Now, when we look at what was saw, shown to the Mexican media, they showed two little um, alien creatures or two little creatures, we don't know, origin bodies that potentially could be whatever. Um, but there's more. And what's even crazier is these little creatures have names, and I think the two we saw were Roberto and... So the context of that provides insight into how it all came to a point to where we've seen it and what took place in 2016. It's really important to understand the Tomb Raider culture that takes place in Peru that's been going on for 20 years. Combat that with the, the site of the Nascarian lines and you provide the perfect environment where individuals are going in daily, taking anything they can find to sell within this black market. That sets the precedence for why these aliens or potential creatures were found. Now, when we look at this story, what we really have to understand is, is it true? What is the validity? 
and where does it take place? So we have to go back to 2016. Now, if we're putting ourselves in that situation, it's going to be a Tomb Raider that is looking for some artifacts to sell to the broker firm in order to get money. You know, this is something people do. And one gentleman that goes by the name of Marco, and mind you, all this information can be found in a phenomenal Gaia documentary that I watched. And that's really what I'm basing a lot of this off of in other research that I think is relevant. But they really did the good job of showing this information, capturing it, and providing it better than most. So if we can understand there's a Tomb Raider or a Hekero who's been doing it for 25 years within Peru, and his name is Marco. Now, Marco, in 2016, stumbled across some bodies in the region of Pala, Pala, Peru, close to the Nazca region. Now, these bodies were found having roughly three fingers and looking a little bit unique. Now, there is a historic culture tied to grave robbers within Peru that goes back to the Lord of Sapan tomb, which was found back in 1987. I say that because tomb raiding is a big culture in Peru and could potentially be the reason why we know about it. I mean, it is the reason why we know about it, but it could be true or potentially a hoax. So, Marco finds these interesting creatures in these bodies in a cave, potentially in a tomb. And what he does is trying to determine if it's real. So then he calls in a French um, individual who is considered, who is an archaeologist named Thierry Haman. And he's French and he's lived in Costco, Peru for about 15 years. And he's actually running a NGO nonprofit organization that goes in and investigates and helps to find these artifacts. Now, what's really interesting is Marco called him. Now, we can never determine why. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is some type of underbelly or black market of selling antiquities that he is tied into, but that's nor here nor there. So he goes to Tari to determine if this is actually a real artifact, and he works with them, and what they determine is potentially it's real from the way it looks, and that's when they call in the individual, or I should say these videos were posted on YouTube online back in 2017. And that's when the Mexican investigator, Jaime Masson, sees it and wants to be a part of it and go and investigate it. Now, originally what he's saying is he didn't want to be pulled into this so-called hoax of these alien bodies, indicating potentially that it could be more. Now, what's interesting, at the same, simultaneously, he called Gaia, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with Gaia, but it's an organization that really looks into um, all things that are considered to be you know not i mean it's a really good network but they look at things like you know aliens ufos timelines shakespeare code things like that if you go on their website you know they have a lot of interesting things they did a great piece on finding the lost city of atlantis indicating it could be in africa and they, and they just do a good job breaking down information located in boulder colorado now they called their team and their team travels to peru and that's really where the investigation starts now i'm telling you this to give you context of the backstory this story is really important to understand because it's a lot more than just seeing little bodies on TV in Mexican TV. It's, 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 it's a very complex story that needs to be told in podcast form. So then the team actually travels to Peru. Now, they're traveling to determine if it's a hoax, if it's real, because there's been pictures taken. And the pictures look somewhat credible. You know, what is this white dust why are these little aliens looking like this? And is this something real? Now, 
there's always a story worth telling. And this story reminds me a lot of a podcast I did a while ago last year as related to the lost tomb of caves within Ecuador. Now, whenever we think about caves, they are great places to hold things for long periods of time. For example, Gaia references the, the Black Sea Scrolls that were found in a cave. Now, whenever we look at this, it's really a story about a team coming together, okay, in Costco, Peru, Costco, Cusco, Peru, in order to determine if these things are real. Now, they get there, and I'm really just regurgitating the documentary, but I'm, I'm going to be doing this in multiple parts, and I want to provide the context and I'll get into my analysis later in another episode. So whenever we look at this information, what's really interesting to me that sticks out is they are looking to get credibility, and they reach out to an organization, which is the Ministry of Culture Affairs of Peru. And this ministry was started back in 2010, and they're going to have a very negative relationship with Tomb Raiders. Because you can understand they're trying to preserve the culture and there is an economy, a black market, of selling these antiquities. So that right there, knowing who Marco is. So Marco is a well-known Tomb Raider, and that's just what they call him in the documentary. He's been doing it for 25 years. He has connections all over the world with brokers and within the Peruvian government. So if he's finding something, they're going to think that there is a negative connotation or potential hoax. Now, where it gets interesting is they go down there, and they don't want anything to do with it. The Ministry of Peru says, hey, we're not looking at this. We've dealt with Marco before. And a gentleman who he's affiliated with created these fake hands within a um, three-fingered hand similar to what is found on these UFOs within uh, a workshop in NASCO. So the main mission of the team there, Gaia is actually going to be journalists. They're just trying to document what's going on. Jaime, who goes down there, who is also a journal journalist and a UFO investigator for 40 years, meets up with Teddy, who is the French individual. And from there, they have a meeting. They talk, and their main goal is to get the Ministry of Peru on board. However, they are not getting on board. And this is where the story starts to get interesting, because from there, what they do is they conduct a team of researchers. And these researchers are from Russia, Mexico, um, and, and they're going to be using a lot of different labs to test these potential creatures. Now, this is part one of more than likely a five-part series, and I just wanted to give you the intro in the context within this episode. I will be uploading another one tomorrow that's going to give more details into the UFOs and aliens, bodies they found, bodies we haven't even seen, and looking into the research to determine if it's real. Now, I have determined my own thoughts and theories on it, and I'll be providing analysis in another episode. But for the sake of this, understanding the context is really important in the culture, and I really wanted to outline the players. You have the Tomb Raiders, you have the Ministry of Peru, and you have these individuals who are coming in to look at it, Gaia, Jaime, Tari, all providing some insight into what's going on. Now the story gets more interesting, and it's a deep story that provides multiple episodes to look into. So please listen tomorrow and I will provide another episode getting into what they found, the interesting facts and potential what it could be. So we'll get back to you tomorrow.